Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 10. Notice how quickly the human voice reflects the feelings behind it. An angry person's voice is tight and rigid. Avaricious people tend to speak harshly, almost in a croak. The voice of someone who is arrogant or contemptuous assumes a slightly nasal quality. The voice of one in whom self-interest predominates develops a certain thickness. If one is indifferent to others, his voice will sound flat and dismissive. These tones and many others show the extent to which the voice is both a sounding board, board for the speaker's state of consciousness and an affirmation of that state. Listen especially for the warm tone of voice in those who love God. Project outward through your own voice a note of kindness, good humor, and generosity. Project above all your devotion to God. The more you focus on letting those qualities vibrate through your voice, the more they will deepen in yourself. Oh, how very, very, very interesting. Swamiji just has given us such a, a fascinating way of understanding people and also of understanding ourselves just really trying to know who I am and know what I need to work on. You know, the voice is one of the most distinctive identifying characteristics. Every single person's voice is unique. One of the identity methods you know, of, of advanced technology is the voice print. You speak, and because your voice could only be you, they can use it in a very sophisticated way security system until now when they can pull voices off and have them say all sorts of things. But otherwise, the voice is absolutely distinctive. You can pick up the phone or be talking to someone and you can tell who they are. Even listening to someone's singing voice, I can almost always re figure out who it is because the voice, the singing voice has a tone in it that reminds you of, of the individual, whoever it is. Um, and even after someone you haven't talked to even for years, their voice will come on and you'll immediately know distinctively who it is. It's not just the accent. It's many, many other qualities. Because the reason the voice is so distinctive, as Swamiji is explaining in here, is because the voice is, is a vibration of sound. Sound is an expression of om, and om is the substance of which we are made. There are eight manifestations of God, according to the Indian uh, scriptural tradition. And one of them is sound. And that doesn't just mean the pure expression of, the, of divinity, which John in the Bible called, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God. It's an esoteric reference to the Om vibration, which is the moving sound of creation coming into this world as light and as sound. But the way that the manifestation of God as sound expresses through the human consciousness is primarily the voice, whether that voice 
is used for speech or whether that voice is used for song, it still is absolutely distinctive. And from this, not only listening to yourself, which sometimes can be a little disconcerting, but just as a, as a pure observing exercise without trying to judge, listen to people talk. And, and don't just listen to their words and their concepts, but actually just inwardly. And you don't have to make yourself strange about it. You don't have to sit with your eyes closed and your hands cupped over your ears like this. But just go into yourself just a little bit and hear the tone of voice. It's, 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 sometimes it's very interesting to me. I, I, I have done this on more than one occasion. When I hear a voice that is particularly striking to me, either in the positive or the negative, I sometimes try to imitate it. Not, of course, when they're around, but when they're not around, like, what, would I ha- what do I have to do in order to sound like that? Whether it's the accent or the tone or the speed or the inflection, all the different things that characterize a person's voice, who would I be that I would manifest in that way? And sometimes, actually, you can come to understand people better than you would have when you put yourself into that state of mind. I've also imitated people's posture and, and imitated the way, the way people walk sometimes. Um, not out of malice, but just out of uh, trying to understand I mean, there's a certain way, sometimes you see hotshot teenage boys, that's the only word I can use, um, sort of striding around, and they move in a certain way. And when I tried to move that way, I realized, and I just had, there's only one way to say that, that the operative force in the walk was the pelvis. And so it's like if you're leading with your pelvis, then this is what you're like. If you're leading with your heart, it's something else. If you're leading with the frontal lobe, it's something else. Often people who are very intellectual, and I myself have had to try to work with this, you lean into, you try to sort of cut, cut through the sea with the frontal lobe of your brain, with your, with your mental process. So Amikriyananda would face the world heart first. When you looked at him from the side, as he got older, his body shrank a little bit, but when he had the, the full command of his youthful self, the, the forward point on his body was his chest. And it wasn't because he was big, although at different times he was bigger, but it was because his posture was such and his head was aligned with his heart. And so when the head was aligned with the heart, the chest is slightly forward. It was actually, it was a very interesting. Now, the voice, Swami, again, is talking about how, and, and he, it's interesting, if, he's ex, if you're excessively self-interested, your voice gets thick. If you're arrogant, how does he say it? Um, contemptuous of others, you get slightly nasal. The, the mockery of the, of the British snob is a very, very nasal-sounding voice. The, the mockery of the, of the um, businessman is only in it for the money, you know, sort of has that, uh, what did he call it? Um, avaricious people tend to speak harshly, almost in a croak. Swami talked about a very funny incident in his life when he bought a small recorder. He was in New York City and he bought a small recorder, mainly to dictate letters and things like that. But he had it in his pocket when he went into a concert, in a a concert hall in New York City where he was. And um, he thought he would sort of test it. It wasn't designed for, for recording music. 
But in the silence between the movements of the symphony that he was listening to, he pulled the little recorder out and he thought he would press the record button and just see sort of, you know, how it would do picking up that sound. But it was a new machine and instead of hitting the record button, he accidentally hit the play button. Now, unfortunately, when he had been in the store, it, in, in a New York store with unfortunately what can only be called a typical New York City businessman, the man was showing him how the machine worked by doing some test recording. So Swami pushes what he thinks is the record button in the silence between movements when the conductor has his baton up, ready to play. Swami pushes the play button, and the voice that comes out is not even Swami's voice, which is a beautiful, melodious voice. It's the voice of the the salesman, and he's going like this, testing one, two, three, four, like that. Just about as awful and it rings out through the concert hall. And Swami was so, like, unfamiliar with the machine, and so, you know, like, caught off guard, he said that he got all the way to four before Swami found the stop button. And the conductor whirls around to see what's going on, and the, uh, (laughs) the man sitting next to Swami, and, you know, just a very friendly sort of way, when he finally turned it off, said, perhaps you should put the machine away, (laughs) like that. Just sort of friendly, what else are you going to say? Now, there it was. I mean, it couldn't have been worse, but that was the typical sound. And that for that man, who was the salesman, I'm sure he never thought about how he was talking. He was avaricious. I mean, it wasn't necessarily that he was a bad person. He was trying to make money. He was probably, you know, on his way up trying to make his way in the world, and he wanted money, and he wanted to succeed, and everything about him was focused on succeeding, and that's just, and he sounded like it. You know, you could, you could. what's my line? That used to be a television show where we tried to guess what people's professions were, and you can tell a lot just by listening to the voices. Listen to radio voices, listen to people. I, you know, someone sends me a, sent me some kind of a, a video trying to persuade me of some conspiracy theory, which I actually didn't think the conspiracy theory was all that um, preposterous. It might even be true. But the sound of the people's voices on the video who were trying to persuade me, you know, were so characteristic of a consciousness that was so unattractive to me that it's just like anybody whose voice sounds like that I, I just can't, I can't trust them to be objective or truthful or not to have a self-interest. I don't know, it was a little bit of all of the things that Swami writes, but there was just nothing about their voices that made me feel, whatever they were selling, I didn't want to buy it, because I didn't want to buy from a person who had that kind of consciousness. You know, it's, and it's very interesting, like, you know, sometimes you'll just be talking to a clerk in a store or just anywhere, uh, somebody on the phone. Here's a funny story about voices. Swamiji, let's see, what was the context? Swamiji, I think he was trying to make an airplane reservation or something like that. And again, for those of you who have never heard Swami Kriyananda's voice, just go on to any of the YouTube channels, get his singing voice. You know, he just had this beautiful, warm voice, even to the end of his life. Even when his body was very frail, his voice was still beautiful. So he, he's, he's talking to, a, I think it was a reservation clerk at, at the airline, it was, and it was a woman. And they just started talking about this and that. And she was so enamored 
of his voice. And the first thing she said was, you know, something, just they became friendly on the phone. The first thing she said is, you're probably 50, aren't you? (laughs) And he said 65 or something like that. And then she said, and I bet you're married. And at the time he was. So he might have been less than 65. He says, yes, that too. (laughs) But otherwise, I think she was about to fly out to wherever he was entirely on the sound of his voice because she was sensitive enough to feel all the consciousness behind it. I mean, they were, it was a, a friendly conversation that they were having, but that's all she knew about him. She, he was just a customer. Imagine if you're a, a telephone service representative, how um, attuned you get to be to the sound of people's voices. I certainly feel it when I call a stranger, and then when you, when you get a stranger whose voice is winning, you know, it just immediately changes the whole conversation from the voice that has one of these negative characteristics he's talking about. So now the other part of this is that your voice is, to a certain extent, the inevitable expression of who you are. But one of the reasons we do, well, in, in, in the path of Kriya Yoga from, from Master, we do the energization exercises, is because we can learn how to control our energy through the physical body, we can get to a more subtle level of energy control. We do yoga postures because the physical body, putting it in certain positions, creates certain states of mind. And our voice, you see, is between um, something that just happens because of who we are and something we decide to make happen because of states of consciousness we're trying to transcend or develop. So it's very worthwhile to listen to the sound of your voice. You want to make a recording. Everybody's little telephones you can record on your phone. You record memos to yourself. Pretend you're a stranger and you just hear your own voice. What does it sound like to you? Is that, is that a voice you would like to hear? You know, if you heard that voice and didn't know who it belonged to, would you want to meet that person? Would you want to get to know them better? And if not, why? And then tune in within ourselves to try to feel like, what would it feel like? Practice, practice. You know, what, what, what would, how would generosity express itself? How would kindness express itself? What's the sound of my voice when I'm completely relaxed with someone I love? What does that sound like? What does it sound like when I'm talking to my children? Just find the times when, when you are your best self and listen to your voice. And then it's your voice, and therefore you can, you can make it different. And you can make it different not by external technique, but by inner change of consciousness. And that way we use, think how much we talk. Then all, every time we talk, it becomes sadhana. And this is where Swami is saying, project generosity, kindness. Feel that it's not just the words that you're saying, but it's the whole energy that's emanating out from you, and therefore the sound of you is those qualities. It's just, it's a wonderful sadhana and a great benefit to the people around you. Um, it, can't, it really can't be overemphasized. People who have attractive, warm, lovely voices, um, it, the magnetism of it expands both in benefiting others and also magnetizing to you. Um, the same, 
the same qualities back to you. So, Swami says, notice how quickly the human voice reflects the feeling behind it. An angry person's voice is tight and rigid. Avaricious people tend to speak harshly, almost in a croak. The voice of someone who is arrogant or contemptuous assumes a slightly nasal quality. The voice of one in whom self-interest predominates develops a certain thickness. If one is indifferent to others, his voice will sound flat and dismissive. These tones and many others show the extent to which the voice is both a sounding board for the speaker's state of consciousness and an affirmation of that state. Listen especially for the warm tone of voice in those who love God. Project outward through your own voice a note of kindness, good humor, and generosity. Project above all your devotion to God. The more you focus on letting those qualities vibrate through your voice, the more they will deepen in yourself. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.